It's the last episode of season five of I Could Never Be Here on the Popcorn Talk. Wow. Wow, 60 episodes we have done here of I Could Never Be. It's been an incredible five seasons. Don't worry, we're not going anywhere. It's not like this is a, the show finale. This is just the season finale. So much more to come. And if you guys have not listened to any past episodes, go right now. You can go on YouTube. You can go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you can find content. I guarantee we will have some content there for you. Thank you guys for joining us on today. Just... Uh, you're you're taking the first step to be able to better yourselves. You're taking the first step to be able to learn, be able to find some inspiration, find some motivation. That's what we're all about on this show. And today we have another incredible guest. An incredible guest who is doing so many big things right now, so many amazing shows that she's a part of, but she also has an incredible story. Just like everyone else, their stars are people just like you. They've gone through the same struggles that you've gone through. They maybe hit their head against a wall, but we share the journeys of how they've broken through, how they pushed past that point where they didn't think they could go any further, and they're sharing their lessons with you. As always, we start with some advice for a better life. And today's advice is that just like a slingshot, life will often pull you back before it shoots you forward. And a lot of times, we're all in those situations where we feel like life is pulling us back. We feel like it's got us by the collar, it's got us by the back of the shirt, and man, it's pulling me back. What is it doing? It's building up that energy to be able to launch you forward. You're, you're, you're in that situation where you're getting pulled back for a reason. Try to learn something from that time. Try to grow in that moment. Maybe find something that you didn't know to be able to help better yourself, because that time when you're getting launched forward is coming. It's coming and you got to be ready for it. And as long as you're learning and growing, you're going to soar and you're going to fly. And that's exactly what our guest is doing. And again, so many various shows, Animal Kingdom, Valor, she was in Blood Drive, A Million Little Things, so many various projects. Also, a member of Mensa, which if you don't know what that is, very prestigious science organization. Please welcome Christina Ochoa. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Which are you more proud of here, Mensa or all of the shows? Oh gosh. Uh, No, I... (laughs) That's like just putting me on the spot right (laughs) off the bat. Um... Proud. Ooh, I'm Spanish. I'm rarely proud of Ooh. anything I do. <laughs> I'm just like, this is, oh, this is awful. I can do better. I'm going to go do better. <laughs> Are you hard on yourself when, it, when you, you always want to, oh, I know I can do better. I know there's something else that I can be doing. Absolutely. And I mean, uh, you know, I was thinking about what you were talking about, the slingshot metaphor. And there's, I want to say it's an Orson Welles quote, but um, it basically says, you know, try, try harder, fail, fail mm-hmm. harder, mm-hmm. fail better. Like it, it's, yeah. it's all about kind of that you know, now I'm going to just do better with what I know now, yep. hopefully. Yeah, you realize that, that things are, you are going to fail. If you're, if you're living a life where you think failure is not going to happen, mm-hmm. I, you're way too much of an optimist. <laughs> are you an optimist, <laughs> pessimist, realist? What do you consider yourself? Um, uh, depends on the time of day. Okay. Yeah. Morning? Uh, morning, I'm an optimist. Okay. Always an optimist. Midday? Uh, I would say sometimes a pessimist. Okay. And by the end and of the day? And then by the end of the day, really? Maybe, it kind of yeah, comes back together. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> again, you've been in so many different things. Again, Valor, Blood Drive, Animal Kingdom, which I know is coming back and shooting that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a million little things. We want to talk about that. I do want to mention that you're a Magic the Gathering player. Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts? <laughs> you know, it was just announced that, that they were going to make do the, that the show. animated show. Is it, it's animated, right? It's I animated. Think from what I read. Yes. Um, I mean, it's a wealth of stories, but I kind of feel like right now it's just about getting IP and capitalizing mm-hmm. on something that already has a fan base. Do you want to be involved in that? Uh, <laughs> it depends on how long the time in the makeup chair is, <laughs> I would say. Um, I, I think it's fascinating. I think the artwork is fantastic. I just don't know if the lore and the story are going to be changed and Mm -hmm. developed into something that has nothing to do with the original. Mm -hmm. It's a game. It's supposed to be a game. It's I don't know. How do you feel about it? Well, so I learned about Magic the Gathering probably two years ago. Had no idea. I think the game's been around for 26 years. I had no idea until two years ago when someone mentioned it. And it's grown on me. I've never played it. Oh, okay. So I don't know what I'm missing. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm missing out now, especially with this new show coming out mm-hmm. and tournaments. I feel like I am missing. Is it hard to learn? It's not hard to learn. Once you learn the basic rules, I think playing on your iPad is, okay. is really useful. So I can play on my iPad? You can play on your okay. iPad on your own by yourself. Got it. 
And the the stories of some of the tournaments and stuff I find fascinating. I have a friend who had a um, told me a story about like he had a card and it's called the Orb of something and I'm going to get this all wrong and I apologize <laughs> to all the MTG fans out there that know this exactly. So don't um, hold me on the you. details. Yeah, but he basically the the card says each card has a rule and it said. Um, you lift it up a couple of feet above the game board and not the game board, like the playing field and you drop it and whatever it lands on dies. Mm -hmm. So this guy in a tournament confettied the card, broke it up into pieces when he got it and sprinkled it all over the battlefield on top of the enemy. Um, It was fantastic. It's like you hacked the game. He won. Wow. And now it's forbidden. (laughs) And now 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 he's the last person ever to do that. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's like extra, but on a good level. Yes. Wow, that is incredible. And again, you're in so many incredible products. I know Animal Kingdom Mm -hmm. coming back again. And so this show actually, it it, obviously it shows Southern California. Mm -hmm. Do you look at life differently now in Southern California because of this show? Are you picking up things? Are you saying, oh, that that is real? That this does happen? Oh well, you know, we we are. Based um, or the show is based in Oceanside, which yes. is just like a, an hour and a half, two mm-hmm. hours south of here, and it's really been incredible to see how that community has embraced the show hmm. and how much they feel it is accurate to who they are in their like essence. I mean, maybe not the heists and the drugs and the overdosing <laughs> and all that stuff, but just you know, in in, in the surf culture and the yeah. mentality, the, the fashion, the wardrobe, everything mm-hmm. is just very on point. Um, and I think that you know, it's it's been really interesting because that community has really embraced the show. So to me, that means it's legit. Yo, absolutely. Yeah, yeah when you get the whole community behind and they, they realize that because it is that. I mean, it's been shown in so many different shows, uh, The Hills and other things where it talks about the Southern California for people mm-hmm. who don't live here. That look at that, and that is the culture. Mm-hmm. That but is that's very kind much. of like the glamorized version, very much so. Which you can also find in mm-hmm. LA, of course. It's it's very real, <laughs> but it's the glamorized version of it. Somebody told me LA and California in general, it's it's not so much a melting pot; it's more of a tossed salad. Ooh. So <laughs> you can find everything, but it's in like these little pockets, mm. and they're not as mm-hmm. connected as maybe in New York, or mm-hmm. they're not as melting. You know? Yeah. No, I, I definitely like that. Before we get into a million other things, I want to uh, shout you out uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter at Christina underscore Ochoa. Instagram at Ochoa Christina. And certainly we're so grateful every single week to be here on the Popcorn Talk Network. They have so many shows there. Go check them out on social media at the Popcorn Talk on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can find me at the only MC on Instagram and on Twitter. And again, we're everywhere that content is found. YouTube, Apple, iTunes, Podcast, Spotify, Anchor. And it's free. So all that we ask is that you guys go comment, go like, hit that like button i think it takes half a second that stuff really helps in you know boosting us up the rankings and being able to help get this content out to more and more people so i want to talk about a million little things because i there the the secret is in out of whether you're coming back and what your character will be doing next season what can you tell us? Because I know, I think you said back in February, it's a pretty safe bet to say that Ashley is not completely out of the picture. Has that changed since February? What can you tell the fans? Uh, ooh, it's so hard. Uh, I can tell the fans that... <laughs> Wow, it's great. Uh, hadn't thought about doing this interview before I could actually answer the questions. <laughs> um, I can tell them that it's, uh, you know, we're working on it. We're trying to figure out, um, you know, when, how, if she's coming back. The the writers have these incredible ideas um, about ways that it could. She's she's the curveball. Like, mm-hmm. she's something that is unexpected that can come in and just wreak havoc on, mm-hmm. on some of the storylines there. She still holds a lot of secrets about John and about everybody else. Um, and she's she's kind of that element that can just come in any time. So we're trying to, I think, uh, figure it out. Okay. <laughs> if it were if it were up to you, mm-hmm. what would you want Ashley to do in season two and beyond? Uh, you know what? I would like for Ashley to have some moments where we get to see her motivations and we get to explore that within relationships that don't revolve around just um her and John because mm-hmm. that's really where you got to see a little bit of her character mm-hmm. um and so for me I think obviously I 
I justify all of her actions, and I think a lot of them haven't been justified on the show. So there's a lot of questions as to why she did what she did still and um, what she knows and why is she mm-hmm. hiding it. Um, I would like to explore a little bit of that and and maybe even some of those things that aren't so PC to talk about and why she's keeping these secrets and why is she so dark and mysterious and constantly mm-hmm. doing these weird things. <laughs> um, so I would like to explore that just as an actor. I, I think it's fascinating. Can we say for sure that she'll be back in season two? Don't put me on the spot. Uh, okay, so, so no, we cannot. Okay. I just, I mean, I, again, I am the voice of the fan, so mm. I, I'm trying to just help them out. Well, I know? wonder what the, what the fans want. Do the fans want her to come back? Ooh, the, great question. The, you know, we'll Great see. question. Again, shout out on Twitter and Instagram, at Christina underscore Ochoa, Instagram at Ochoa Christina. Go let her know. <laughs> we definitely want to be able to uh, hear from the fans. That's what it's all about. I mean, that's a controls the dialogue. I, I'm curious, because you had the, the short film Stay With Me in 2010 mm-hmm. and 2011, which uh, won awards. And now I, I was looking, and I don't know how accurate IMDb is, but it says that it's, is it being made into something bigger? It said... As a script, yeah, we're um, we're my producing partner and I are developing it. Um, we've been working on finding a writer to be on up until now, and now we we have um, you know a, a script and we're trying to develop it into a feature film. It's an interesting concept that we just felt like it could mm-hmm. expand into something larger than a short, um, where a man falls in love with his sleepwalking wife's alter ego. So what, who she is when she sleepwalks. <laughs> Um, started as a comedy, turned into somewhat of a tragedy during shooting, then kind of went back a little bit. You know, they say that you tell the story three times, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Are you excited to be working on that, knowing that, obviously, this was, you know, one of the origins for you of one of the pro- main projects that you first started working on, mm-hmm. what, nine years ago now? Yeah. Probably ten years ago? Yeah. Uh, it was, I feel like a lot of the time, I, I've gotten a lot of reward on things that I've just gone for and taken a risk and winged. That was a short that we shot. I think I paid $900 total budget, uh, beg, borrowed, and stole, mm-hmm. and just had friends come in and try and make something. We thought we were going to be shooting on iPhones for the most part. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it really did bring a lot of wonderful lessons. So mm-hmm. for me, the more you can go out and just try and make something, Mm-hmm. the better you're off you're going to be just learning from it. That probably keeps you grounded, too. I mean, we're kind of looking back on a project like that and being able to move it forward. Now it keeps you in that mindset of, we did make that for $900. <laughs> and yeah, it can be done. <laughs> it can be done. How, where do you find the energy? Uh, you, no you, social life. No social no life? So- that's the answer? <laughs> no parties, no social life. That's really what, what it is. Um, no, I... I I don't really know because this is fairly recent. I've done a lot, but it's really been the last three mm-hmm. three years mm-hmm. um, that have been this busy. Uh, everything else has been self generated up until then. I was driving and I was driving Uber uh, three years ago, you know, trying to like make ends meet. And I think that now I'm learning how to manage my energy. We were talking about it before uh, the show started about how we're constantly told life is a marathon and it's time management. I think it's it's true that I read this book and uh, called A Powerful Engagement, and it was about energy management and mm-hmm. how it's a series of sprints. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm aiming for. We'll see how <laughs> well that works. Is this, is this what you thought it would be? You know, you, you three years ago, again, you said it was totally different. Now you're back to back to back, very busy. Is this what you thought it would be? No, not at all. Not at all. How uh, so? I think uh, we all get caught up in this illusion and this fantasy that we have of what the work entails and what the art is and what the craft Mm -hmm. is. And then you suddenly become a part of the conversation. You have a seat at the table and now the conversation is real and it's, well, what can we do with it? What can we do with this seat, this voice, this platform? And I think a lot – I've realized a lot more people in the industry especially want to – mobilize and catalyze change and talk about things that are really important and use film and TV as a platform for that mm-hmm. um, instead of compartmentalize and keep it separate. Hmm. Yeah, so that, no, that's I, new. Yeah, I definitely see that. Now that you mentioned that, of people being able to kind of put those things together of their, their things that they're very passionate about. And being able to move them on screen. Well, you did that, right? I mean, That's you came. Very much. Yeah, this is you're trying this to is, make a change and talk about positive yep. things. And that's and, exactly what this exactly what this show is. So your passions 
Again, Mensa, science, we have science and we have acting, which they're not like this. I feel like they're very much on opposite ends. Mm-hmm. Tell me about where the passion for science came from. Uh, Was this like ooh. a volcano that you made from paper mache at four it years old? Pre- <laughs> pretty much. Um, no, I, I, my family, um, you know, was very encouraging of me to go pursue whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. I loved the ocean. I loved sharks. I loved the water. Um, I loved science. I wanted to follow in my great uncle's footsteps and become a scientist. And uh, one of those, you know, kind of channels was just go scuba diving and get in the water and mm-hmm. try and figure it out, right? And mm-hmm. I just fell in love with it. Because um, you're marine biology in there too. Right? Yeah, I, I went to Australia and I studied marine biology, wow. and then did um, a couple years in the Canary Islands as well for oceanographic engineering. Wow. And, um, never goes away. It's no. it's like your first love, right? You just keep remembering it. There's things about it that just mm-hmm. pull you. You try to find that in other things, um, but they're not that different. Mm-hmm. Art and science. Mm-hmm. You have to have an open mind. Um, for both of them, you have to have strong opinions or hypotheses, mm-hmm. and you have to pursue them with full passion, mm-hmm. but you have to be very willing to be wrong. That's the whole point. Failing is new data. You have to be willing to change your mind and be wrong and make a, you know, just do a 180. Wow, and that is... I almost want to end the show right now, guys. <laughs> there's a lesson for today. That's what we got. Well, I never realized that, but it's so true. And so what has there been something that you've been wrong about with... Uh, Science of uh, you thought. Yeah, take your pick. <laughs> I mean, that was very brave. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> across the board, both in film and in science and in life. Um, yes, constantly wrong mm. and embracing it and loving it. Mm. Coolest thing you've ever scuba dived or snorkeled with. Um, coolest. Uh, I mean, sharks are very close to me. I think I post about them a lot and things like that. I think one of my favorite dives was. I'm not a cold water person yeah. at all. I don't like the cold. But um, we were in a lake and we were under the ice and we played a soccer match. We were in dry suits. We went inverted under the ice and one of my friends put knives on the ice as goalie as goalposts. They put a ball underneath and we took off our fins and we started playing soccer inverted under the ice. I think that was the coolest thing. I'll never be able to do it again. I was the one time this is like Uh, up north, like north of Spain. No, 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 in Spain. Spain. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a frozen lake and it was during the winter and it was like one of those things that you just do and it's like oh god wow yeah that's incredible that's never gonna happen again <laughs> yeah it I was still probably right cold now. still probably very cold yeah. but it's uh iceland has that one of those like really deep ravines that you can go in that's super clear but it's freezing, freezing. cold yeah yeah my brother did it whale shark you ever swam with a whale shark yes where where whale, was your whale shark uh, madagascar Oh. Yeah, and they were incredible. They're majestic oh, and they're, they're so elegant. And oh. do you scuba dive? I scuba dive. I'm more of a like uh, just free dive, but uh-huh. I've done scuba diving. I did scuba diving uh, three months ago in Costa Rica and did a whale, got up with this one with a whale shark. And let's. <laughs> There's just silence. For those of you who yeah. can't see, he's just like shaking his arms. And, like, his... 20% of the people on the boat that we were on knew what the, a rarity of a whale yeah. shark. And 80% of the people were looking at all of us, freaking out, <laughs> thinking, what is going on? Oh my god, I love it. Mm. It's it's incredible. And yeah, they're, they they're grow up to, if you guys don't know whale sharks, Google them. A. B, they are f- up to 40 feet long. They are so majestic, and they're not dangerous. They will no. not eat you. They eat plankton and kelp and all that. And yeah, it's just... just krill. And they're, they they actually have some in a couple of aquariums they've managed to get a few. Atlanta, Atlanta has one, mm-hmm. yeah, the Georgia Aquarium. There's a couple in Japan um, as well. And, I mean, they're, it's, it's very rare that you get to see them. Um, that close up, but when you do get the chance to do it, and if you haven't, try and go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just they are so much more massive oh, than you would think. There's yeah. a picture for anyone watching. If you're on iTunes, again, go to Google or you can switch over to iTunes. They, I mean, you can see the size of the person next to that large whale shark. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> Oh man, I think I'm going to Thailand next year, and so that's uh, hopefully be able to scuba dive, do a liveaboard boat, and you can do. Oh, that'd be great. Do you still go often? Oh, I, yeah. Any chance I get, I'm in the water. So, is that your escape from acting then, or your re- release? Release? Um, yeah. I mean, I get, it's it's hard to say, um, just because to me, the acting doesn't 
require a release other than an emotional one for mm-hmm. like I don't need to get away from set. I'm not yeah. um but emotionally I do. But mm-hmm. the ocean is just you don't care. The way I talk about it a lot of the time is just when I'm around the water, when I'm in the water, everything that feels important 90% of the time in our job and in this industry and in life fades away. Mm -hmm. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what I have to have for lunch. I don't care about who's emailing me in the moment. I don't care about, oh, did I say something stupid in that text where I sent Mm -hmm. it earlier? I'm not thinking about what movie is out. I'm not thinking about whether or not I'm working. It's very hard to not be present Mm -hmm. when you are in the water. So Mm -hmm. I guess that, in a weird way, sense, yeah. I guess, would be an escape. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it. it's an escape of, it's a whole other world, mm-hmm. whole other ecosystem. It's not like anything on land. You're using different muscles. You're using, you know, and seeing different things. Um, what's your escape? What's my, is being in the water. Yeah. Being in the water. Being in the water, free diving, uh, swimming. I've swam with wild dolphins off the coast of Hawaii, which was incredible. Nice. Like 50 wild dolphins just waiting out there in the morning and then they come in. Uh, uh, whale sharks. Yeah. Anytime I can get in the water, because it's Again, I don't have my phone on me. I'm not worried about missing a text or an email. And it is just a freeing feeling. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's definitely that and camping and going, have a spot that's a couple hours away that no cell phone service and it's off the grid. How wonderful. And and the important thing too is, and communicate this to everyone, is that it's not just an escape. It allows, it frees your creative. Yeah. Is that it allows you to not be thinking about work, which allows, that openness of creativity to flow in, mm-hmm. which is so important. A lot of times if we're so busy and it's like back to back to back to back to back to back to back, you're not allowing any openness. You're yeah. not allowing any creativity. And you're in touch with nature in a way mm-hmm. that I think a lot of the time if you live in a city and you know, you're know you driving down the 405 90% of the time or whatever you're doing, it puts you in touch with nature mm-hmm. in a way that is very primal and mm-hmm. very raw and, and definitely I think necessary for us to mm-hmm. have an awareness of the impact that we have in, you know, area with globalization and in areas where, um, you know, we've basically just demolished anything natural. Like Runyon is a hike. I can see the Ralphs (laughs) down the street. I can see it. And people are packing their bags like they're going on this, like they're going to Machu Picchu. And I'm like, I can grab a kind bar from the corner. I don't. Let me stop at Starbucks on my way. And yeah, exactly. So obviously, yeah, science was a huge thing. And then acting started as a hobby. Tell me how acting kind of grew into be your career. Yeah. Um, I took an amateur theater class because I wanted to get better at speaking in public. Okay. I was very shy and I'm an introvert. Um, and I'm an outgoing introvert for people who question that. I just recharge alone mm-hmm. by myself. Like I, I need solo time. Um, but I, I was uncomfortable speaking in public. And so I took this theater class and it was so freeing and it was so much fun. And the playfulness that I got from that, the lack of, you know, you don't, you don't have a, pardon it, but like you don't have a stick up your butt because Mm -hmm. you're now just playing and you're playing a role and you're having fun and you're exploring emotions that I think for the most part are somewhat taboo in your normal day to day because you want to be rational and you want to understand, you know, be socially adept Mm -hmm. and um so it was really exciting and so much fun that it was uh very obvious to me that i just had to pursue it i it it wasn't very well thought out fell in love with acting it's it's like falling in love just chased that went you know came to la didn't really have a plan in in mind was just kind (laughs) of like i gotta do this now so let's do it how old were you when you came to la oh gosh that was probably like nine ten years ago um so you know like 11 yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say twelve, but yeah, it, it makes sense. So we, we all we move and we say we don't have a plan, but we have a plan. Like you have that, like oh, I. It's not well thought out. It's the plan that you tell everyone, and they're like, oh, that's a great plan. You're not gonna. It's yeah. not gonna work. Did you have like, oh, I'm gonna get an agent. I'm gonna get a man. No. I'm gonna go out for these auditions. No, I had no plan. I knew, um, I knew one person in L. A. Marcel Pariso, who Ooh, is uh, my publicist. Yes, <laughs> go Marcel. Uh, I knew one person who I had met a few, by the way, two weeks earlier, just at an event in Spain in Madrid. Um, And I just, I, I guess it was just the pursuit of happiness, right? It was Mm -hmm. like one or the pursuit of purpose or meaning. It was one of those things where it was like, I'm going to try this. So long as it makes me happy to pursue Mm -hmm. this, I'm going to do it. And if that changes one day, I'm also not so hell bent on having to be a certain thing or make it to a certain level or a place or a job or 
if one day I decide I want to, I don't know, go back to school and become a lawyer or something, mm-hmm. I will. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not, uh, commitment is not. <laughs> You're a free yeah. bird. Yes. So you moved to L.A. and then within two weeks you got a job, right? That's how it all works? Oh, no. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was walking down the grocery <laughs> store and an agent saw me and gave me the I lead role you in, in a my movie. $100 million budget movie. You are the one I've That's been looking it. for. <laughs> Heard me singing, you know, in the car across the street. It was yes. like, it just yeah. hunted yeah. me down. Thank goodness you had the window um, open. No, I didn't work for years. Like, nothing. Um, I was working as a science communicator. I was doing... What does that mean? Uh, it's kind of like a journalist, okay. uh, but focused on STEM. So science, technology, engineering, and math, and kind of the news revolving around that world. Um, I was doing a podcast. I was doing... It's not journalism. It's not... Um, it's, you know, no degree required technically, just uh, the skill to be able to communicate and translate some of mm-hmm. those scientific concepts into um, more, you know, readily available terms. Mm-hmm. So, were you, were you trying to go out for auditions? I mean, oh, 100. I was yeah. busting my ass. I don't know if I can say that. I was, yeah, um, working very, very hard, maybe not very smart. But working very, very hard for a really long time. Um, and then I booked a job. I booked a role in Modern Family, yeah, like a day as, player. As nurse? Nurse. <laughs> nurse. In Spanish, by the way. And I think the only reason they really got me for that role is because they were tired of everyone that was Latina or whatever looking like really dark hair. And at the time, I was blonde still. And um, so they I, they hired me. And I did that. And then I did Matador with Robert Rodriguez. And I thought, oh, that's it. This is this is the, uh, the way up. Yep. This is the way up. I'm now gonna just work all the time. See you um, later, civilians. Yeah. Cut to <laughs> for I think three, two, two or three years. Nothing. When I say nothing, I mean not even like a day part or anything at all. Auditions were just constantly saying, nope, no, she's not right for it. Audition every week. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, my agents working hard for me, my manager working hard for me, but um, it just wasn't happening. And I think a lot of it was very mental. And I think mm-hmm. I was uh, not very smart about how I was going about it. A lot of people don't know the feeling of constantly going out for auditions and hearing no. And there, I'm sure they're thinking, oh, then you just go for the next one. Just go for the next one. What are the emotions that you're feeling? I mean, convey to people of when you're going and it's like no. Going, yeah. no. Um, what I, was going through your mind? You know, I I was fairly lucky that I could compartmentalize and not take it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am very inquisitive, and so I just had a lot of questions. Because for me, it was about, like, well, what's the feedback? What can I do for the next one? What can I... And most of the time, it's just like... Uh, thankfully, yeah. yeah they, they, they give don't... you so much information <laughs> that if they spend an hour with you after they say no in two seconds... <laughs> Normally no. the feedback is just she wasn't right for it or, <laughs> you know, that that's it. That was it. Um, and because if they don't like you or they don't think you're good enough, they're just not going to see you again. Mm-hmm. So that's the feedback. You know, at that point, you know, you just you bombed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the time they'll bring you back in and they keep bringing you back in. And then you're like, well, what is this a numbers game or is mm-hmm. this? Um, and, you know, we I wasn't getting a lot of information. And so I was very inquisitive and I would just call my agents and be like, well, but, but why not? Should I, it was, I, you know, should I be taking comedy classes? Am I not being funny? Am I like walking in and I'm not, um, one of the things was definitely, I think I wasn't working as hard to look the part when I was going in at Mm -hmm. the time, uh, which I think was something that did change it a little bit for me Mm -hmm. was kind of just putting in the extra effort. I was just showing up and yeah. heads and, you know, like a t-shirt and going like, well, my acting skills will show, <laughs> shine through. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's, you forget about the layers of tape. The casting directors are usually really imaginative and they can see through all of mm-hmm. that. They just see the acting, but a lot of the time they have to send that tape and then there's another 75 people yeah. that have to approve it. Mm-hmm. Not all of those are going to be as adept at looking at this and, and seeing a, you know, kind yeah. of like a work in progress. Oh, uh, we can see the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was, that was really difficult. I think learning that, I was the one who had to be all in mm-hmm. was difficult too. Um, we can control 2% in this industry, 2% of, of mm-hmm. our career trajectory. If you're not adamant on focusing and controlling that 2% and you're not willing to sacrifice everything for that 2%, it's very difficult. So I had to let go of 
every what everyone has to let go of toxic relationships uh, you know weird living situations uh, day jobs that were just taking away too much of your energy things like that so does that mean that you cuz I, I look at this and people say oh well you always have a fallback plan in science but was the fallback no. plan keeping you do you think from putting it all in on acting because okay i have all this I think my fallback plans were never career driven. Hmm. They were more, I think, on personal levels, um, protecting that. And it sounds esoteric a lot of the time, but like protecting your energy, mm-hmm. uh, not going out to coffee with 25 people if you're going to be drained at the end of the day and you're not. Things like I would have to say to friends of mine, sorry, I can't go pick you up at LAX even though you're coming to visit me from Spain because I have an audition tomorrow and I have to work on this material. Like this has to be number one. That was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. I, I carry a lot of Catholic guilt from Spain, <laughs> like from my upbringing, I think. Um, you know, so I'm easily guilted. But in this case, I had to. I had to make that decision to do were that. Were they open? Did the, were they understanding? Surprisingly enough, all the people yeah. that love you, they don't care. They, yeah. they don't, yeah, they don't yeah. care. That's <laughs> about to curse. Um, they, <laughs> they support it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And that's the, that's the sign of true people in your life. Yeah. Of people who they see that this is what she's doing you know they see the hustle the closest thing i can think of do you have kids i do not um is when people talk about their kids Mm -hmm. there's no question if someone's like oh i have to take care of my baby Mm -hmm. tonight i can't go out or oh i the babysitter you know fell through or oh Mm -hmm. i have to take him or help him with his homework Mm -hmm. nobody questions it but when you say like oh i can't see you and spend time with you because i have to watch three movies for research (laughs) um then it gets a little bit trickier to hold those boundaries Mm -hmm. But it, it has to be that level, I think, of commitment, the same as when you have a child and you're yeah. like, this is this is my number one. You have to prioritize things. Mm-hmm. And I, te- I was teaching a producer class to uh, other hosts a couple of days ago. And I said, when you go into any environment where you're hosting, hosting in the show is the number one priority. Then there's like a two or three or four gap, and then there's getting a drink, going to the bathroom, and mm-hmm. having a conversation with Becky. <laughs> you can yeah. do that whenever. Mm-hmm. If you're really wanting something, it is a priority, and it's the number one, and there's a huge gap between the next yeah, things. so true. And also, because there are so many people willing to do that yes. right behind you. Absolutely. And you, I, I also think we're very privileged and a lot, I mean, this is a luxury career. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. No one's like, oh, I have to feed my five children and I don't have enough to pay the rent. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to go and, you know, become a movie star <laughs> or a rock star or a TV actor or mm-hmm. like that or a producer. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. This is a luxury career that you go into when you are afforded the ability to pursue your dreams. Um, and I think that we have to honor that in a lot of ways. And if you're not willing to give it 100% and really pave the way and help and help others and be in a position where you can help others, then move out of the way and go do whatever's more mm-hmm. important because there are 35, you know, 100 people behind me, women that are trying mm-hmm. to do this, that are willing to sacrifice anything and everything mm-hmm. in order to get these roles and these mm-hmm. jobs and, and, you know, pursue their yeah. art. Was there ever a time in that three years, you know, from when you had the modern family and the Richard Rodriguez one? You mean the unemployed starving artist phase? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Was there ever a point in there where, no, this is not, this is not working out. Something else. No. Uh, I mean, I thought about supplementing in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I thought I still did science communication a lot mm-hmm. of the time, or I, I did odd jobs. I would tutor people. I would babysit. I would anything I could do. Um, but I never thought about it because to me, it was all about that pursuit of whatever makes you happy. No one is going to be happy or miserable for you. So if you're not willing to chase whatever it is that fulfills you in that way, um, you're doing a disservice to yourself. So Mm -hmm. I never really thought of quitting because in my head, I was like, I wouldn't rather be doing anything else right now. Mm -hmm. The day that changes, the day I decide, you know what, now I want to learn a new skill and I want to be something else, then maybe that obviously that will shift and I'll Mm -hmm. pursue that. But there's nothing I could see myself doing right now other than pursuing this wholeheartedly. All right. So let's talk Uber. Oh, Uber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, it didn't last. It didn't last. I have Former to Uber driver. There you go. You know, when oh, I hack. moved to L.A., High again, five. I came off being a TV news reporter and anchor. Mm-hmm. Had to do something. 
And LA is expensive. LA is expensive. Yeah. So how? And everyone's in their car. Did you have to like <laughs> convince yourself like I'm only going to do this for this amount of time or like what drove you? Oof. Ah, pun intended. Ah, uh, boom. Yeah. What? I mean, was it? Was it? Hey, this is something that I can do anytime. Uh, I was. I thought, why not? Mm-hmm. I, it felt like at the time it was also right when everybody started doing it. Yes. Um, and, and we, no one was, we weren't, I guess I wasn't smart enough to know that I could do Lyft and Uber at the same time. And then you could do this other, like, I, I, I didn't know that much. I just knew I had a car mm-hmm. and I loved listening to podcasts and I could run my lines in the car a lot of the time and between auditions and stuff like that. And I had big lulls in my day. So I thought, let me capitalize on that and try mm-hmm. to make some money. At the time, my boyfriend was very adamant that I don't, I not do it. It lasted a week. Um, <laughs> I did it for about a week because I realized it's very difficult to make money it driving is. Uber unless you're willing to do it at peak hours, mm-hmm. which tend to revolve around the times when everyone is drunk and partying, which I was not very comfortable with. A guy yeah. tried not to, like, mm. wanted to stay in my car well, after the drive was done. And I was like, oh, that's it. See, si, uh, yeah, me voy. I'm done. Uh, like, that's it. <laughs> done. Um, this isn't happening anymore. But, yeah, so I was not making a lot of money, and I was spending so much time in the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was yeah. trying, though. I was trying. It's amazing. Hard. There's, yeah, you, you do what you have to do. Yeah, why not? And that it, there's so many people. One of my roommates is, you know, trying to be an actor and going out on various roles, but still drives Uber. Why not? Yeah. There's no shame in that. Oh, gosh. No, there's a saying in Spanish. It's no se me caen los anillos. It means, like, my rings aren't going to fall off. Like, I don't I, – I have no problem. I'll – you know, I was cleaning – fish tanks and protein skimmers at aquariums and stuff and I have no problem getting my hands dirty to do a good job mm-hmm. while I'm pursuing this. I just didn't I didn't drink. I didn't so for me being at a bar was gonna be really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um because people would be like, Can I have a screwdriver? I was like, I don't even know what no. that is. I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> um <laughs> so that didn't work. Do you remember the uh audition and going out because it was Animal Kingdom was first, right? It yes. was the first big yeah. break. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that audition? Uh, like it was yesterday. Really? Yeah. Um, I went out for a different part for um, the role that at the time was uh, playing opposite another one of the brothers, um, his girlfriend and I walked in and I think because I was so tall um, I they liked me, I liked them, it was great, we, we did the read and then they were just like, wait, but how tall are you? Um, and I said 5'10", and they were like, oh, that's great. So we're going to pair you up with our big friendly giant, Ben Robson. Um, and ended up getting this part, which I immediately fell in love with. When they gave me the material and they're like, can you come back and read for this? Or are you interested in reading for this? Um, at the time, by the way, I would have been interested in reading for anything. Yes. If they were like, well, you're just going to come in and play the waitress. But it just so happened that they gave me this this role that was so far from me. She was a surfer chick. She was a drug addict, drug dealer. Um, and to the, clarify, that's just, not you? That's just to... only on Tuesdays and Thursdays okay. when I'm not driving Uber. Okay, got it, got it. Yep. Um, and it was fantastic. It was so much fun to tackle that and walk in and... I think as actors, we all, there's a little bit of life imitating art all mm-hmm. the time. Oh, absolutely. And she was so sexual and confident and just, you know, in her skin. I needed it at the time a lot. I needed that sense of confidence. And she gave that to me in a lot of ways. Did you think at that time, like when you got it, like this is a big break? No, because my character was supposed to die two episodes in. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was not supposed to last this long. Um, but then, uh, you know, Ben and I had good chemistry, and they saw the storyline potentially going somewhere else for him because it showcased something new for his character. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, see, we're in season four. Here we go. Wow. Yeah. Is that wild to think about? It? Like, yeah, it was supposed to last two episodes, and now you're, again, season four? Yeah. I think that's just another lesson. It's like your job, especially when you come in for a small role, is always to bring something new out of the other person that you're in the scene Mm -hmm. with. Because that's what they're looking for. That's why they brought this character in, Mm -hmm. is to showcase a new side of this main character. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just another uh, moment where you're like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the kind of, it's not about me. The scene is about them and what they want to show. And how can I help tell that story? 
Mm-hmm. And then you did get the the main roles, obviously in Blood Drive, and then and then Valor. Did you think that? I mean, I try to think with with acting of planning. Do you? <laughs> What's that? The, okay, What's so that? there it is. Like, do you plan at all? Is there anything of okay? Now that I have this job, now I'm gonna try to get this next job, this bigger role, this bigger role. You absolutely. You plan. You rent an apartment. The next day, you book a role that takes you to South Africa for seven months. Uh, you get a dog. The next day, you book a job in Vancouver that flies you up. It. You plan. You start dating someone, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, it's like, oh, now you're going to Shanghai for that. Whatever. It's <laughs> so you plan. You can plan as much as you want. But again, that kind of moment of you have to be able to make a, do a 180 at any at the drop of a hat. What have you learned about the about industry and how have you adapted? Because again, it, it is like how quickly things can both take off or close down. I mean, even this past week, I think Swamp Thing one episode in, then they oh right, they, and now it's now it's yeah. gone for a season. How do you, how does that impact the way you live your life? Uh, you downsize a lot. Um, carry on only. Uh, and you, no, but you do, you, you end up making sure that your circle, your people, um, ground you very much, that your relationships are very solid. And for me, it's this feeling of, uh, I, I like to say chasing extraordinary and, and that involves, you know, extends to my relationships and my friendships, especially and things like that. I will invest as much time and energy as needed in those relationships. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of the time don't have time to invest in something if it is not, um, that grounding and solid because we're constantly moving. Mm-hmm. We meet, we, we meet so many people all the time on set, uh, we're, you know, you're memorizing 300 new names, um, depending on the project that you're doing mm-hmm. day one, and you're trying to connect with everybody to do a good job. I think the more you can be present, the better. I don't know. I'm yeah. just, I, I'm regurgitating stuff that my coach has told me because I don't really know that I've learned that many lessons. You, you, have, you, do have to, you have to surround yourself with people who are cheerleaders. Yeah. of you and knowing that that team could go to the playoffs, could go to the championship, could have to travel mm-hmm. on a road game. could And believe in something bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't make it all about you. Because, mm-hmm. come on, this industry, is, we're so prone to make it mm-hmm. all about us. And it's very, you know, easy to get caught up in, like, well, this is what I want and what mm-hmm. I need and what I need to look like and do and what I need to pursue and the next job I need to get. It's like, okay, enough. Like, it breeds uh, narcissism and, and egocentric personalities because of the form of art. Mm-hmm. We have to, right? We have to obsess over the line and yeah. the word and the feeling and how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. But believe in something bigger than yourself and work towards that because it always brings you perspective and it always makes you a better artist when you're doing something outside of yourself. So if I were to ask you what the next five years will look like for you, what you hope they look <laughs> like, what would I was going to say, what um, would you say? What would I say? Uh, I'm just going to continue to pursue the, you know, as much as I can bring in some of the causes that I believe in into mm-hmm. content in whatever shape, that whether it's a role or producing or behind the camera. Uh, I'm going to try and do that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to keep trying to tackle roles that are very different and interesting to me. Mm-hmm. That's as much planning as I can do. And continue do. traveling and scuba diving and... Every chance I get. Every chance I get. What are the next five years for you? Ah, wow. Oh, you didn't expect no, that, No, I huh? did not expect... <laughs> See, I forgot. You, you did a podcast. You hosted a podcast. Yeah, you turned the tables. Ah, what are the next five years... I don't know. I uh, just turned 30 uh, last week. So now it's like that Happy new birthday. stage of figuring out what this next decade will look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hopefully big things. I have plans for the show to really – I was thinking about something the other day talking with uh, my uncle who's involved in media and plans of where we could take it and various things. Uh-huh. So that's big. Um yeah, growing uh, the editor in chief of AfterBuzz TV. So hopefully, growing that, making Boom. big things there. But you're right; you never know. You never know when that next thing could either fall out from under you or raise you up. Yeah. You talked about podcasts, and you talked about yes. uh, the powerful engagement, reading the book. How do you grow? Are you podcasts? Do you have any other books? Where do you find um, learning? It, it it really depends on the time. Uh, if I'm shooting, a lot of it is books. You can't be listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of it is is just reading conversations with people that are maybe in different fields than I am. For me, that's really mm-hmm. important to have a lot of friends that are not in my same position and in the industry, travel. Um, I love podcasts. 
love them because we spend so much time commuting, going back and forth. What are your favorites? Some of my favorites are, I love Radiolab. Um, I love the Tim Ferriss show. Mm-hmm. I love, um, oh my gosh, there's there's a lot of them. A lot of my friends also have podcasts and I listen to them religiously. Um, so Cara Santa Maria has one called Talk Nerdy, which I'm a huge fan of. I like Astronomy Cast. I like The Daily. I'll listen to everything, you know, but um, I could never... Uh, I could never be. There you go. There you we'll go. Add to the list. Uh, popcorn talk. Uh, <laughs> no, I honestly, I, I really just like a varied. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, just a little bit you, of variety. You, to be able to uh, communicate with so many other people, you have to know their way of life. You have to know how they live. That's why. That's why maybe you are the same. That's why I enjoy traveling. Because yeah. you learn about different cultures, yeah. different people. And I think a lot of the time people think traveling is such an exclusive thing, limited to people that can afford it. Um, there's luxuries that come with being able to financially invest in travel. Mm-hmm. But I was traveling probably more so when I was driving Ubers and had no job <laughs> and was you know, a starving artist, quote unquote. <laughs> um, I was probably traveling a lot more then. Like you can pick up a backpack. There are so many outlets to go and travel. You can there's websites and platforms now that let you couch surf and mm-hmm. do all sorts of things if you want to go and be immersed in a new culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would encourage everyone, regardless of the means to go and travel and travel solo too Ooh, yeah that's very very true and even you don't need to travel to you know way outside the country go to the town 50 miles away that you've never been to and Mm -hmm. just walk main street and start up a conversation with someone yeah it can be that easy. I see your tattoo. What is the uh, what's the tattoo? Oh, this one. Okay. Um, this uh, these are two manta rays. One for my brother and one for my sister. And I got them in Australia when I was yes. studying over there. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah, that's Australia. Great place to go. I wanted yeah. to go there. Um, are there days when you don't want to act or write or be in uh, the industry? So far, so far, there haven't been days where I don't want to act. There are like with every job, there are elements that are not as great sometimes or yeah. maybe there's like different uh, personalities that you have to navigate when you're on set very strong personalities a lot of the time and um, I've knock on wood gotten really really lucky with the people I've gotten to work with but um, there are elements I don't think there's ever been a day where I'm like I don't want hmm. to step into another personality I think that's what's appealing to me even doing this for me it's it's me but there's still an element like the part of me that's Shy right now is dying inside, <laughs> um, but it's stepping into like a new skin and or yeah. a part of you, right? We mm-hmm. all are. We contain multitudes, mm-hmm. well, wh- you know, Whitman. But um, I think uh, so far, it's like saying, "Is there ever a time you don't want to be in the water?" There mm-hmm. hasn't. Yeah, no and that means and that means you're on the right path still. Yeah, hopefully. So looking on that path, three years ago, four years ago, what advice would you, would you give to yourself? To the person that I was three or four yeah. years ago. Um, be uncompromising in your pursuit for purpose and learning and growing and your growth and your energy. Um, don't like set be respect your own boundaries mm-hmm. a little bit more um, and try to work smarter, not harder. That's a big one. Maybe that. I still tell myself that. Uh, though. that that's three years ago. That's 13. And that's still now. I have uh, quotes. <laughs> what about you? I have quotes on my Instagram. And one of the quotes is, it says, work harder, not smarter. And it says, no, work harder and smarter. Ooh. Okay. I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just, yeah, just, it, it's the same, very similar thing. But, I like it. Yeah. If, if in 75 years... Okay. You know, people are watching your shows. Mm-hmm. And it's a question I love to ask. Uh, in 50, 75 years, people watching your shows and, oh, that's right, Christina. And they're telling maybe their friend and their friend, oh, Christina, who is that? Oh, she was blank. What are three things that you want people to look back on your career, your life, and say, oh, I was this? Uh, as far as my career goes mm-hmm. as an actor, oof, that's hard. Um, I would say... Obviously, and I, I think I, I don't think any of these are new, but I would say fearless and bold. Mm-hmm. You know, I want someone mm-hmm. to say like she took risks. Fuck, she fell on her <laughs> face a lot of the time, but she she went there. Um, I would like to think that people say she was unpredictable. 
Um, and I would love for people to say she was, I don't know, as, a, as an artist, it's really difficult. This is like, what an awkward question. <laughs> and I get why you like asking yeah. it, because you put others in this yeah. spot. Um, indomitable. Mm. Mm. I like that. I like <laughs> that. What about you? What about me? Uh, the, uh, authentic. Oh, I like, that's good. Kind. Mm-hmm. to everyone and that is people of varying uh, I something that I try to express is people you, you there's so many people sorry I'm blabbering here there's so many people that you have different beliefs with or different viewpoints on of things course. and especially in today's society we see that you still have probably 90% in common with that person don't mm-hmm. focus on the 10% and you just treat everyone with kindness and learn about why they have those views. Learn about why they have those beliefs. And so just being kind to everyone. Uh, and, yeah, being authentic, being uh, unapologetically me. And, you know, I don't think I'm, an, I don't think I'm a jerk. So maybe that <laughs> – if I was a jerk, I'd probably say, yeah. you know, I could have be apologetically me. Mm-hmm. But, no, that would, that would be the thing. And I always ask that question. The reason I always ask that question uh, is because I think it – puts us in a mindset of where we want to go. Mm-hmm. If we're looking back of how we want people to view us in the future, that will put us on a mindset and on a path of this is how I need to act today. This yeah. is how I need to act tomorrow. I guess it's hard because you're also putting the lens of other people, though, mm-hmm. right? True. Which is very limited. It's, it's my who I am at work and in the public or whatever is very different mm-hmm. to who I am privately. Mm-hmm. And, you and, hope, I, and you hope history treats you right, too, because, I mean, nobody... You never know. Nobody knows. You never know. Oh, man. Well, speaking of tomorrow, <laughs> as, we, as we close out, where's the next trip? Where are you going? Um, I'm, I'm going back home in like a week and a half. I'm going to go back to Spain and maybe Cyprus. I haven't Whoa. been. I might go where scuba else, diving in where Cyprus. Where else have you not been that's on the list of... Mars, the moon. Mars, oh, those are on my list. <laughs> it's ridiculous. NASA just al- announced on Friday that for $50 million, mm-hmm. you can go to the space station. Yeah. So <laughs> they, that could be it. That's the next one. There you go. go there you go. Scuba in space. Yeah. I don't know if this is actually <laughs> go to Europa going to and, be. And see what's under the ice caps. <laughs> It's on the, on the list. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you for having me. This has been such an enjoyable conversation. It's so, it's so good just to be able to have authentic people like yourself in studio and be able to share their stories. And I appreciate you being open and authentic and sharing the struggles, sharing the high points, the low points, everything. Thank you for making it so easy and fun. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And thank you guys for joining us for another episode and another season of I Could Never Be Here on the Popcorn Talk. Again, 60 episodes, five seasons. I am incredibly fortunate and incredibly blessed to be able to do this like we talked about. This is, you know, work in quotation marks because it is what we enjoy doing. And I hope that you guys have enjoyed this season, this series, this show. If you guys do, please go let me know. Go comment. Go like. Go subscribe. Again, it takes uh, five, ten seconds to be able to go like and give five stars and be able to leave a comment on any of the social pages. And again, if anything you take from this, go share it. It's easy. Take what you want from this show. Go share it with someone else. Be able to spread that inspiration, spread that joy. That's what we're all about. By the way, while you're on social media, at Christina underscore Ochoa, at, in, at, on Instagram, at Ochoa Christina, at The Popcorn Talk. Again, thankful to be here every single week on this incredible network. And you can follow me after the show, at The Only MC, on Instagram and on Twitter. That's it. That's what we got. Hope you guys took some inspiration from this. We will be back with another season and another incredible round of guests. We'll see you then.